the gypsies have landed their three spaceships on the remains of a planet. It is empty, seems totally deserted, and all of its resources, everything, appear to have been consumed. They enter the house of an educated man who has left a cassette recording detailing the final disasters which overtook the planet and the mass exodus for an unknown destination upon which the surviving citizens of the planet embarked. Is that all there is? said Dolan. I don't reckon so, me child, said Jimbird Flyflower. Even though he said, get out of here as soon as possible, there's a bit more tape left. Let's see what else he has to say. And Jimbird once again switched on the machine. I must finally tell you, said the attenuated voice, that the few hundred thousands of us left in this tragic, wasted planet foregathered in the vicinity of the nearby city, and those acquainted with technological skills were put to work in the manufacture of our escape rockets. Surprisingly, what remained of our government had drawn up contingency plans, complete with spaceship designs, for just such an emergency. They didn't have to be very far-sighted to devise that. So our technicians and mechanics set to work, while the oxygen supply got lower and lower, and within six months there were enough spacecraft ready and prepared to take us to our as-yet unknown destination. We are all going in the same direction, towards a small planet which I have discovered in a neighbouring galaxy. I am not really sure it is there. I can only hope. I am a mere amateur in the studies of the skies. But if we can get there, then we shall nurture it, and we shall cultivate it, perforce with tools and such of our own manufacture, for we had not the fuel nor the strength in our rocket engines to carry agricultural implements, as well as ourselves. And so, goodbye. Well, said Jimbird, they sounds as if they're on the right track this time. We just hopes they make a better job of it as they did of this place. That's all. I reckon I've cracked the language, said Jimbird, as they all wandered back to the minibus. Dolan was carrying the cassette and the cassette machine as a memento and as a possible warning to future generations. They there signboards, he continued, ain't nothing more than direction indicators. They seem to be saying, this way for the spaceships. Go on, let's take a look. Once again, the gypsies climbed aboard the minibus and Flipper Pilkington accelerated off down the road and out of the city. Turn off here, said Jimbird Flyflower, indicating the first of the large red painted signboards they came to. And the minibus bumped off the road and down a rough overland track into the dry, dead-looking countryside. And then they saw the cars, pointlessly large, very heavy, and all jammed together, like ants round a sugar pot. Except, of course, that they didn't move. All, as usual, was silent and empty. There was a clear circle in the midst of the crowd of cars. And the gypsies, when they clambered over the abandoned vehicles, saw that the ground here was thoroughly burnt out, fire-scarred, and they knew at once what had happened. 
for these were the takeoff points for the escape rockets, the spaceships that had taken the remaining inhabitants of this planet to a new and better world. Well, said Dolan, if they all got there, and I do hope they did, they'd better not make such a mess of it as they did of this place. And as they turned away back towards the minibus, they heard two strange sounds. One was a bird singing, and the other seemed to be a baby crying. They found the source of the bird song almost straight away. A pair of wrens was nesting in the dead remains of a nearby bush. They saw the male fly off, presumably in search of food. As they approached the nest, when they got quite close, the female left the nest also, and sat on the branch of a nearby tree, twittering crossly at the gypsies. They walked up close to the nest, and saw a cluster of tiny eggs inside it. Billy reached out his hand to touch them, but Jimbird said, Keep your hands off him, lad. If the mother bird smells your scent on him, she might reject him. And abandoned eggs is the last thing this planet needs right now. And looking down, Jimbird Flyflower noted here and there a few green shoots of new grass poking through the brown earth. And there were even some worms to be seen. Well now, he said as they moved away from the wonderful nest. Perhaps there's a chance for a bit of photosynthesis around here after all. I should like to see this place in a few thousand years from now, I can tell you. All of the gypsies now stood in a loose, uncertain group. They knew that they had to acknowledge the impossible, that the discovery of the nest of wrens had merely been a diversion. Now they faced each other and the truth. It's definitely a baby said Dolan. And it's not far away. They stood and listened. Again came the plaintive cry, sounding weak and pathetic, helpless in the silent air. Over there, said Father Out. Big up. And he began running in the direction of the cars, the gypsies following, with Jimbird Flyflower hobbling along in their wake. Poor hick, said Festy Snarkbuster. Will you just take a look at that? That lay on the front seat of a large, silver-coloured car, the windows of which had been left slightly open. It was about three months old, was surrounded by empty feeding bottles, and, in spite of its puny crying, probably brought about by simple vocal fatigue, was lustily thumping the steering wheel of the car with a brightly coloured rattle. Festy Snarkbuster opened the car door and gently lifted the child out. There was the slightest tinge of blue in the child's face, especially around the mouth. Dolan knew that this was due to a shortage of oxygen in the atmosphere and hoped that the infant's brain had not been damaged. The baby regarded Snarkbuster's face with some surprise for a few moments and then began to bang him soundly about the nose and ears with his rattle while making that non-comical shouting noise that only babies make, which is unclear in meaning, but generally indicates a state of happiness. <laughs> Seems like a happy little cuss, you know, said Festy, grinning sheepishly between the thumps of the rattle. All of the gypsies were smiling a little foolishly, 
as they stood and watched the antics of the little one. Quite suddenly, the baby stopped, took a deep breath, went a little red in the face, then resumed his breathing and clouting with the rattle as before. Festy's expression changed. Uh, would you like to take him for a little while, father? said Festy. Oh, sure. There's nothing I'd like better. And all of the gypsies laughed when they saw the large, warm, wet patch on Snarkbuster's shirt front. Meanwhile, Dolan, thinking ahead as usual, had leant into the car and picked up the child's feeding bottles. Dolan also noticed a sheet of paper pinned to the seat of the car with what seemed to be writing on it. This Dolan handed to Jimbird, who squinted at it for a while with his one eye and slowly read out, This is our fifth child and our youngest. We love him dearly, but there is simply no room for him aboard the escape rocket. It is packed tight to capacity with the remnants of our people, and to take him aboard would be to suffocate him. Accordingly, we have had no choice but leave him behind with a weak supply of food, in the hope that he will die painlessly in his sleep through the lack of oxygen. Or that some miracle may happen and that he will survive. We hope, we hope, and that's all there is. Ah, the poor devils. They must be heartbroken. Well, said Dolan brightly, at least they got their miracle. And we've got a new crew member. So, they've only been gone for a week, have they? mused Jimbird. Ah, tis so, said Father Out. And this little fella hasn't been changed for a week, he continued, cradling the baby in one arm whilst holding his nose with his other hand. Back up. Well, that's easy enough to fix, said Jimbird. Let's get back to the city and sort him out. As they all headed back for the minibus, Ivan spoke up. Eh, so, uh, what should we call him? And the baby chirped immediately. Uncle Gloop. And belaboured Father Out's skull with his rattle. They all laughed. And Oogle Gloop he was forever after. Back in the city, they soon located a shop which stocked baby foods in sealed tins, powdered milk, nappies and so on, and helped themselves to a huge supply of everything. As the reason for the destruction of the planet was simple air pollution, Jimber judged it safe to stock up on tinned foodstuffs, much to Dolan's delight, and so they arrived back at the spaceship quite heavily laden. One of the items they'd acquired was a large cot, which Dolan and Jimbird fixed firmly into place in the cabin of their spacecraft. When they'd finished and were making ready for takeoff, Dolan had a sudden thought and asked Jimbird, Do you think you'll be strong enough to withstand the pull of the gravity when we lift off? Listen, me child said Jimbird, strapping himself in. If he can take a week alone in that stinking air down there, I reckon he's tough enough to handle anything. Uncle Gloop, said the baby, contentedly, having been doted on by all the gypsies. He was now as full as could be of rusks and milk. Well said, little un, chuckled Jimbird. 
and now let's get the heck out of here. And so the three rockets blasted off, and the gypsies left behind the dead planet. Dead, that is, except for a pair of wrens, a nest full of eggs, and a few earthworms. You can always think of that as some kind of new start. <laughs>